My message this afternoon is will your way to success. Will your way to success. And we're going to approach today a little differently because I don't know if it's dawned on you or not, but I attend church here too. And so in recent days, there have been two messages that while I'm in the middle of the message, the message caught my attention in a different way. And so then I went to studying on these two different messages. So what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to, or this afternoon, I'm going to begin by just doing a cursory review of a couple of recent messages, and then we'll get into the message for today. One of those messages is Luke 5, 1 to 11. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. You know the story. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Master, we've worked hard all night. That's verse 5. Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. The King James has it this way, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. All of the kingdom of God, all of the covenants of God, everything is about choice. It is all about an act of the will. What do you will to do. Master, we've toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. What do you will to do? It's just that simple. What will you do? I'm going to do it, Peter said, just because you said to do it. And then in the Sunday morning message, of May 7, 2023, Jesus heals an invalid at Bethesda. Part one, we pointed out that Jesus said to the man who had been an invalid for 38 years, wilt thou be made whole? And all of my life, this seemed like such an incredibly strange question. You know, every time you read it in the annual Bible reading, you think, well, of course, Lord, he wants to get well. But, but do people really want to get well? Do people really want to quit living on paycheck to paycheck? Do people really will to do better? Will thou be made whole? Or we could say it in our modern English, will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? Do you want to get well? Do you will it? Will you be made whole? And the Greek word here is thalius. And on that Sunday morning, we talked about will power. We said that this expression, wilt thou be made whole, is the real element of effective faith. Will, will thou be made whole? Real faith works through a firm and decided 
will. But faith is not mere willpower. I'm not saying faith is willpower. We're not saying faith is willpower. But the seat of faith, the region of faith is the human will. You have to will to believe. You have to will to receive. Now, I don't know how your life works, but in my life, my body doesn't want to do anything. It's not natural. <laughs> you know, uh, I have a system whereby I use two alarms and one's more obnoxious than the other. And I guess I've, my body has trained itself to pretty much ignore the first alarm. And so, you know, yesterday morning and this morning, same thing happened both days. I don't hear anything. I'm in a deep, sound sleep. And, uh, you know, this hot woman next to me is tapping me, you know, letting me know that first alarm's going off. Subconsciously, I must be waiting for the second, more obnoxious alarm. My point is, it's not my nature to get up. It's not my nature to give. It's not my nature to uh, pray. It's not my nature to regulate my caloric intake. None of it's my nature. Can you see that? <laughs> you know, I, I don't think we have to go very far to see what happens to people when you just let go of everything. So... It's, it's a decision. Wilt thou? Wilt thou? Pastor, it can't be that simple. Well, let's get into the message. So you have to will to believe. You have to will to receive. You have to will to take action on what God has said. You have to will to take action on the word of God. Winston Churchill said some people dream of success while others wake up and work. The will is the mightiest thing that God has given to man. And no man can receive much from God without a firm and decided choice. A firm and decided will. Do you remember what Jacob said to God when they were wrestling in prayer? Do you remember what Jacob said to God? He said, I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not, I will not let you go until you bless me. Joshua said to the people in Joshua 24, 15, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves. This day whom you will serve, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Not, we're gonna think about it. You know, we're gonna meditate on it. You know, we're gonna discuss it. No, we will serve the Lord. You decide. You choose. Tell your neighbor, you decide. You decide. Tell your neighbor, you choose. You will it. You will it. The will is the mightiest thing that God has given to man, and no man can receive from God without a firm and decided choice, a firm and decided will. Revelation twenty-two seventeen. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst come, and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. Whosoever will, you decide. Whosoever will, you choose. You literally will it. The will is the mightiest thing that God has given to man. And no man can receive much from God without a firm and decided choice, a firm and decided will. And so Jesus said to the man at the pool, will you be made whole? I said on Sunday, May 7, 2023, we must first see this, that it is his will for us to be healed and to be made whole. See, we have to see that from the word of God, that it is his will for us to be healed and to be made whole. That's not the question. Preachers have made that the question, but that's not the question. It is his will to make us whole. So the only question that remains is, is it our will to be made whole? So we know from the word of God, we know from the four gospels, we know from the life of Jesus that it is his will that we be whole. That's not the question. 
Preachers have made that the question, but that's not the question. The question is what Jesus asked the man at the pool, will thou be made whole? Is it your will? That's what Jesus was asking the man. I will that you be made whole. Is it your will that you be made whole? And then we must claim it for ourselves. We must make the decision that I will take what he has provided. We must make the decision that I will take what he has provided. Now, <laughs> you know, critics come along. Well, you know, who do you think you are? Well, he offered it to me. Well, is that fair? You know, you have so much and I have so little. But I said, yes. See, I willed it. He willed it first, then I willed it. Can you see that? In Matthew 8, 17, it says, Jesus took up our infirmities and he carried our diseases. In 1 Peter 2, 24, it says, by whose stripes you were healed. So first you must see that it is God's will for you to be made whole, then you can be healed, then you must claim it for yourself. But you have to see it first, claim it with a strength and a tenacity that carries along with it all the power of your being. I will it, it's mine, I will have it. See, like Jacob wrestling with God, I will not let you go until you bless me. And don't be wishy-washy about it. And the exact same thing is true with regard to success and prosperity. It is his will that we be successful. I mean, how many of you here this afternoon are fathers? Let me see your hand if you're a father. Is it your will that your children be broke? Is it your will that your children live in government housing? Is it your will that your children need an EBT card to survive? Of course. But, but Jesus said, if ye being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more, how much more will your Father which is in heaven give good gifts to them that ask him? And so it's his will that we be prosperous. <clears throat> so the only question that remains is, is it our will to be successful? Is it our will to be prosperous? See, it's his will that I be successful. It's his will, but you have to get in the word to see this. See, a lot of people, they don't get in the word, they, don't, they go to church where there's a, uh, a failure prejudice, and so they don't even know about it. And then you try and, here you are, you're good guys, you're out there in the world, you're trying to witness and talk to people about the things of God. You're talking to them about stuff they don't even know about because they went to church and nobody told them that God wants to bless. I think one of the saddest things I ever heard was I heard Oral Roberts say that the number one complaint he got from pastors of a particular, actually the largest full gospel denomination in America, was they would write to him and ask him to stop saying, God is a good God and something good is going to happen to you. Now, why would that be the number one complaint among pastors of the largest full gospel denomination in America? I mean, who could argue with this? God is a good God, and something good is going to happen to you. Well, because they, they hadn't been teaching that God is good. And it was probably convicting, maybe condemning, to hear the, the most famous healing evangelist in America say on TV, God is a good God and something good is going to happen to you when that's not what they'd been teaching and preaching. And see, what they do is when something bad happens, they blame it on God. Well, you know, it's God's will that your wife left you. It's God's will that you have cancer. It's God's will that you're broke. It's God's will that you lost your business. This is all nonsense. Because Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. Now look, I know the guy down the road might be selling life less abundantly, but I'm not interested. I, I'm interested in that life 
more abundantly. So it is his will, say it out loud, it is his will that I be successful. It is his will that I be prosperous. So that's not the question. It's not the question. Is it God's will? It is God's will. The only question remains is, is it your will to be successful? And is it your will to be prosperous? And then we must claim it for ourselves. We must make the decision that I will take what he has provided. Actually, it's more than that. We have to, we have to make the decision that I will do what is, whatever is necessary to receive what he has done for me. I already gave you John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I've come that you might have life and that you might have that life more abundantly. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. And the apostle John affirmed that our lives should be full, completely full, 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. First, you have to see that it is God's will for you to be prosperous and successful, and then you have to claim it for yourself. You gotta make it yours. Claim it with a strength and a tenacity that carries along with it all the power of your being. And don't be wishy-washy about it. Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast the profession, that word in the Greek is homologia. Let us hold fast the profession, say the same thing, hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he that, for he that promised is faithful, for he is faithful that promised. I got to hold fast to it because, you know, when I started down this road in 89, 90, 91, there were all kinds of onslaughts of the enemy against this word. But man, 30 years later, you got to multiply that times 10 or 20 or 30. I mean, the whole world it has got an agenda going that you be dependent on the government. They want everybody to have nothing. You will own nothing and be happy. Live in a 15-minute city. Take the subway. Get pushed onto the tracks. Get stabbed on the way. You know, get robbed. Get mugged. Amen. But you'll be happy. And so there's this agenda going. So we got to hold fast to our profession of faith for he that promised is faithful. And be like Abraham, Romans 4, 20, who did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Real faith will trust God to the end. David Wilkerson used to say that the hardest part of faith is the last 30 minutes. Sue and I learned how to stand alone with God. Most people seem to have trouble doing this. I did a series in 2001 that I called Walking in Financial Covenant with God. And in that series and many times in the years that have followed, I talked about learning how to walk independently in financial covenant with God. So you have to learn to, to believe God. You have to learn to believe God. Jesus said in John 17, 70, Father, thy word is truth. Every word of God is true. When this earth is gone and the uh, trees everybody seems so worried about are gone and the wind farms are gone and all the uh, electric powered cars are gone, when it's all gone, the word of God will stand forever. So learn to believe God and learn to take action on what God has said about your life in his word. Learn to stand with God and learn to stand with God's word without apology. Amen. And that's what we do here at Faith Christian Center. We stand with God's word without apology. So I have to, I learned, Sue and I learned how to stand alone in God. And we discovered that we stand alone in God. Somebody else over here standing alone in God. Well, now that's a, two of us. Somebody over here stands alone in God. Before you know it, we have a tribe. We have a group. Amen. Amen. Because we've learned how to look to the Lord and not to man. So learn to take God at his word. That May 7, 2023 message, Jesus heals an invalid at Bethesda, got me to thinking about willpower and the role willpower plays in success in life. Our success in school, our success in marriage, our success in child rearing, our success at work, 
and our success in building wealth. That word, theleis, is used 209 times in the New Testament, and there are other related words like uxomai, used in 3 John 2, beloved I wish, beloved I will, above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Or we can say it this way, beloved, I will that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I will it here as the leader. I'm the leader here and I will it. I said I will it as the leader here, but do you will it? You see, I'm the leader here and I will it. But do you will it? There's a difference between me willing it for you and you willing it for yourself. And as I got into it, I discovered that this word in various forms is literally everywhere in the New Testament. For example, in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, 9, and 10, Jesus said to pray this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth even as it is in heaven. Your will be done. And we always take that to mean the will of God. But how about my will? If the will of God is going to be done on earth as the will of God is done in heaven, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I need to get my will lined up with his will. Can you see that? Your will, the lima. In Matthew 8, 2, a man with leprosy came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, if you are willing, Thelis, you can make me clean. These are all uh, similar words in the Greek based on this basic root Greek word. Lord, if you are willing, Thelis, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, Thalo, and said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Can you see it? Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I am willing. And we read these words and we tend to gloss over this word will. And it's used all over the New Testament in various forms. He's willing. (laughs) That's not the question. Preachers have made it the question, but that's not the question. He's willing. (laughs) You know, that day our family was coming back from Dallas on I-30 and some old used El Dorado, and I don't know why it cut out. I don't remember. And it it, ran on I-30, cut out, and, uh, and I told Sue, I said, here, you get behind the driver's wheel. There's a gas station down here at the end of the ramp, and I'm gonna get out and push. Now, on that day, that Dr. Gene Lingerfeld was pushing that used car, I had the same daddy that I have today. And he was just as willing on that day as he is today. The difference is, on that day, I was willing to push a car, and on this day, I'm not willing. Can you see it? I said, can you see it? See, what are you willing to do? The word will is literally everywhere in the New Testament when you start looking for it. And it got me to wondering, and here's the message. And it got me to wondering, what is the connection between will, power, and health? What is the connection between willpower and good success? What is the connection between willpower and child rearing? What is the connection between willpower and wealth? What role does willpower play in a person's ability to obtain success? The English word will means the intent, desire, or wish to have something happen. Willpower, therefore, is the motivation to exercise one's will. So the word will in the English means the intent, the desire, or the wish to have something happen. 
but willpower is the motivation to exercise one's will. Willpower is the inner strength that empowers you to make decisions and also to carry them out. In other words, willpower is the inner strength that empowers you to take action on good decisions. As a minister, I would say, empowers you to take action on the word of God. Now, in my life, it, this plays out in small areas. I think in all of our lives. You know, it's, it's the decision to not eat dessert. It's the decision to uh, not, for me, for not to pray 50 minutes, but to pray 60 minutes and now 90 minutes. You know, we, we just got done visiting Derek and Christina and Emma and Riley, and I haven't had Cheez-Its in a year now. And I remember one, one day, um, uh, Riley had a, a bowl with some snacks in it, and there were some Cheez-Its in it. And the temptation, you know, swept across my mind. Uh, you know, it's been a year since I've had a Cheez-It. I'm just going to eat one or two and remind myself how they taste. Little things. Say, no, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to flip the switch. Little things. See, the Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. How are we going to have will in important stuff if we have trouble exercising will in little stuff? Pastor, that, you can't say this matters. Well, it does. I mean, if we're, if we're 50 years old, 60 years old, 70 years old, and we're still you know, <laughs> engaging in adolescent habits. Well, we haven't mastered ourselves, have we? We got to get a handle on the little things. And these are all decisions. We make these decisions every day. And the problem is, frankly, a lot of things we do on autopilot and we're not even taking time to make the decision. I mean, if we never exercise, the thought would never cross our mind to make a decision to exercise. If we never, if we never regulate our caloric intake, the thought would never occur to us to not have the fifth Coca-Cola or the tenth piece of pizza. See, it's, it's a matter really of taking a hold of yourself and making decisions right now that will give you a better tomorrow. Amen. Amen. To be kind to your wife, to speak kindly to your wife. So willpower is the inner strength that empowers you to make decisions and also carry them out. Say it out loud. Make decisions, make decisions. and carry them, out. carry them out. It is the inner strength that empowers you to take action on the word of God. And I realize that when I talk about faith, I realize that it's not like talking about faith 30 or 30 years ago, 35 years ago, because, you know, I've grown. But that does not mean I don't understand what it's like for the Holy Spirit to come along and say, give to this, give this much money into this. I remember what it was like to hear those words and wrestle with it and to take a day or to take a week or sometimes take a month and wrestle with it. I remember what that was like. But see, this is where will power comes into play. I have to make a decision. I've got to, and then not just make the decision, I've got to carry out the decision. This is the power. This is the power. And now, you know, time has gone by. We take these things for granted. But I remember, I remember that it was, uh, I remember wrestling with it. People with strong willpower assert their decisions in the face of strong opposition. Now, <laughs> this plays out, I mean, if you want to know how this plays out, just think about child rearing. You know, it was interesting because when, when we're here and Austin's family's here, we're around them some. But when we go visit Derek and Christina, we're there 24-7, you know, for so many days. It's fascinating to watch it play out. These little children. And what are little children exercising all the time? Their will. 
And it's, it's just fascinating to me because, you know, I'm out of the game now. I'm out of the game. But it's fascinating to watch as a spectator. You know, all right, is Riley going to win out or is Derek going to win out? Is Riley going to win out or is Christina going to win out? It's fascinating to watch it. Because somebody's will, listen now, somebody's will is going to win. Somebody's will is going to prevail. So people with strong willpower assert their decisions in the face of strong opposition. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe your children or grandchildren are not strong-willed. Jessica says all of mine are type A's. So, you know, they they all have this indomitable will. And somebody's going to win. And they're going to test you. And they're going to they're going to exert their will. And that's what child rearing is. To bring their will under subjection. But how about bringing your will under subjection? How about how about bringing your will under subjection today and tomorrow and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday? Do you see it? This, and this is something as long as we live in this body we're never going to graduate from. Whereas people with weak willpower capitulate. They capitulate. They capitulate. Oh, there's only one donut left. We can't be wasteful. <laughs> oh, the kids didn't eat all the pizza. Well, you know, pizza after you refrigerate, it's not so good. <laughs> we capitulate. See, if we have strong willpower, we exert our will. But if we have weak willpower, we capitulate. Charles Dickens wrote, Reflect upon your present blessings, of which every man has many, not on your past misfortunes, of which all men have some. Where there is willpower, there is resolution, assertiveness, persistence, decisiveness, and firmness. We use willpower every day to resist temptations, to overcome procrastination, and ultimately to achieve our goals. In short, success cannot be had without willpower. Say it out loud. Success cannot be had without willpower. Willpower is what separates us from the animals. It is the capacity to restrain our impulses, resist temptation, to do what is right and good for us in the long run, not what we want to do right now. Willpower is a great factor in success and prosperity. There is a very thin line between success and failure, and that line is essentially willpower. There is a very thin line between success and failure, and that line essentially is willpower. Willpower gives us the strength to overcome the negative traits and impulses given to us by genetics or upbringing, such as inaction, laziness, procrastination, and temptations. Dale Carnegie said, inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit at home and think about it. Get out and get busy. Willpower is the ability to find the energy, the motivation, and stamina to keep going even when you are tired and anxious and part of you is looking for an escape. As long as we are awake, in fact, every two minutes, they say, we are faced with a situation that requires us to make a decision. So by the end of the day, we have spent three to four hours exercising willpower resisting the urge to eat the last cookie or to get online for the 10th time or to have an affair or to buy something else online. People high in willpower get better grades in school and college. They commit fewer crimes. They stay married longer. They live longer. They have fewer strokes. They have lower blood pressure and they have lower incidences of Alzheimer's. In short, willpower 
is a basic ingredient of success. Increase your willpower and you'll increase the likelihood of success wherever that willpower is being challenged. Now, how do we do this? Well, we have to start small. We have to take hold of ourselves. We have to start small. And we just have to pick an area of our lives, let's say prayer, and pick a time. And don't start where I am. Pick a time, like 10 minutes. And nobody's going to hold you accountable. That's the whole point of the message. Willpower. Willpower is you holding you accountable. Say it out loud. Tell your neighbor, willpower is you holding you accountable. That's why I love the annual Bible reading. You know, I've got a chart that I made. It shows what day it is and what page I should be on. Nobody's holding me accountable. I hold myself accountable. Or to go out and to walk so many miles a day. Nobody's, nobody's checking up on me. <laughs> I check up on me, you know? And, uh, and, and pray. Get up and pray. See? And other things. We all have issues. So pick an issue. Amen. I mean, even if it's picking your nose and eating it. You know, just... Just pick an issue and begin to police yourself. Amen. Pick an issue and change. And every time you pick an issue and change, you take a hold of yourself in a stronger way. Can you see that? And the beautiful thing about this is, (laughs) you know, don't put your wife in charge of this. You know, in other words, you be in charge of this for you. Can you see that? And what happens is, whatever area of life it is that you begin to take a hold of yourself in, you build your willpower. And what is willpower? It is the ability to exercise your will, to make a decision and uh, exercise your decision. So how do Americans fare in this battle of willpower? Well, not so well. According to research by Florida State University, we succumb to one in every six temptations. Our attempts to resist fail in keeping us from those temptations, one in six. As a result, we take those extra naps, we overspend, we surf the internet, we watch too many, we watch television for more hours than we'd ever care to admit. In the American Psychological Association's annual survey, people regularly indicate that a lack of willpower is the number one barrier to follow up on changes that could improve their lives. 27% of the respondents of the Stress in America survey revealed that lack of willpower was their greatest obstacle to change. Isn't it interesting? More than one out of four know what the problem is, but they can't do anything about it. With more willpower, everyone would exercise regularly, avoid alcohol and drugs, eat right, save money for retirement, and achieve all types of other goals. On the flip side, we commit more errors and increase our chances of facing tragedies when we lack willpower. Actually, people create their own tragedies by a lack of willpower. Disasters happen because people lack willpower. We know what is good for us. We know what will help us progress, but we lack the willpower to pursue the appropriate course of action. We know what to do, we just have trouble doing it. Paul talked about this in the book of Romans. He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We know what to do, we just don't want to do it. We really don't want to admit we don't want to do it. We like to use words like, I can't. Or we like to use words like, I tried that. (laughs) But you know, (laughs) we, we, we could even... We, we can even go by Yoda and do better than that. You know, there is no try. Do. Just stop making excuses. Stop making excuses for yourself. Stop making excuses, you know. Just, just 
decide what you're going to do and take action and do it. Amen. Whether it's losing weight or putting in more time on the job or uh, being sweeter to your wife, whatever it is, hold yourself accountable. That's how we build willpower. Hold yourself accountable. You know, the country's gone to hell. I don't know if anybody's noticed. Every day I see these videos of shoplifting. Now, you know, Sue and I used to go to Los Angeles. We'd stay at the Beverly Wilshire, and uh, we'd walk up and down Rodeo Drive, and we wouldn't buy that much, but, you know, we'd look, and we'd buy this on occasion or buy that on occasion. Man, I, I, now I see videos, people running in there, you know, stealing this, stealing that, and, and all those stores are closing. It's amazing. It's like... This is where this whole thing is headed now. The book of Revelation, the Antichrist is called the man of lawlessness and, and we live in a land of lawlessness. And there's lawlessness in the church. I mean, from my 50 years preaching the gospel, the last thing anybody needs to be told in church is drinking's okay. But it's like, Whatever, you know, it's like, whatever, dude. Whatever, you know, just, you know, have at it. Well, this is going to lead to poverty. This is going to lead to not enough. This is going to lead to divorce. This is going to lead to all kinds of problems. Right, right. Yeah, but pastor, you know, that's, that's a popular message, and you can have a crowd of that, crowd like that. Well, I have to be true to who I am, and I've got to be true to the Word of God, and I've got to be true to the will of God. The will of God is not that you be broke and divorced and, uh, and live off the government and become a member of Antifa because you want, some, you want some, the other guy's stuff. That's a violation of one of the Ten Commandments. We can't live like that. We've got to take a hold of ourselves. Now, I realize, I realize when I bring a message like this, it's like carrying a 50-pound military pack up a hill because I realize this is, not, this, is not a, this is not like happy camper talk. When I say, you got to take a hold of yourself. It's not happy camper talk. But this is, this is where the rubber meets the road, man. This, this is where, this is, I mean, if, if being a success was just going to fall on us like ripe cherries falling off a tree, it would have already hit us. And this whole world out here is out of control, and they're getting more out of control every day. We know what is good for us. We know it will help us progress, but we lack the willpower to pursue the appropriate course of action. We know what is detrimental to us what we should stop doing, but we lack the willpower to eliminate harmful behaviors. As a result, and as you'd expect, well, negative outcomes ensue. Mahatma Gandhi said, strength does not come from physical capacity. It comes from indomitable will. So what role does willpower play in achieving our goals? Willpower is not a cheap resource. They've done studies on this, and they've shown that exerting self-control is one of the brain's most energy-expensive tasks, sapping more blood sugar than memory or even learning a foreign language. When you exert your will, it, it takes up more energy in your mind than even learning a foreign language. In short, it plays a big role. In fact, the biggest role. What role does willpower play in delaying gratification? Willpower has the essential ability to help us delay gratification. With willpower, we resist splurging at the mall so we can save for a comfortable retirement. With willpower, we resist the urge to sleep so that we can get up and pray and prepare for the day before the day even begins. According to scientists, we have one part of the brain that is impulsive and emotional while the other part is reflective. People with low willpower are susceptible to emotional responses and hardly think of the long-term implications. You know, they see, they see the, the miniskirt. Of course, I'm so blessed in my day, you know, miniskirts were basically exclusive to women. But anyway, so <laughs> they see the miniskirt, but they don't think about the long-term consequences. 
It's, they call it, psychologists call it impulse control. I could lose everything. I'm not interested in losing everything. So I'm not even going to think about it. And, and there, right there, that's one of the basic ways we exercise willpower every day of our lives, and that is what you think about. Well, they did me wrong, and we think about it. And we think we're okay because we don't murder them. You know, we don't take action on it. But wait a minute. You didn't exercise your will on your thought life. We exercise our will all the way down to our thought life. On the one hand, people with strong willpower have greater ability to plan, handle stress, respond to reason, concentrate without becoming distracted, and exhibit self-control in frustrating situations. In short, people with strong willpower have all the ingredients necessary for success. We cannot succeed without resisting short-term temptations in order to achieve long-term goals. What role, what role does willpower play in the formation of healthy habits? At our table, guys, we're talking about habits, building habits, compounding good decisions. Every day we make decisions to avoid impulses in the quest for a healthier, happier, and a more fulfilled life. Whether it is dragging ourselves to the gym or foregoing happy hour with coworkers after work or the temptation to miss a sales meeting on purpose or uh, when our willpower is tested in the area of eating. This is a constant daily thing. We are tested all the time on these decisions. An average of a decision is made on the average of every two minutes. We don't even think about it. It is clear that willpower is necessary for the formation of healthy habits and adoption of healthy lifestyle choices. People with strong willpower resist the allure of using tobacco, alcohol, or drugs. Indeed, it's been found that developing a strong willpower as children may prevent substance abuse problems later in the teenage and adult years. Success is simply the result of an accumulation of healthy daily habits. Say it out loud. Success, Success. is simply the accumulation of healthy daily habits. That's all it is. You know, we did a series years ago. It was right after we moved into this building on how people compound bad decisions. But you can also turn that coin over and learn how to compound good decisions. And that's what, that's what success comes from, from simply building into our lives habits that are constructive and not habits that are destructive. We dealt with that in the Father's Day Guys Night Out message, the habits of lions. We are all the products of our parents, both genetically and environmentally. That much is true. So whether you were raised by both parents or one parent or no parents, we are, every one of us, the product of our upbringing. And in that upbringing, you learn some good habits and in that upbringing, you learn some bad habits. If you had two exceptional parents, well, then maybe you have less in your life that needs changing. But if you were raised by poor parents or by one parent or by no parents, well, you may have a lot that needs changing. <coughs> but we all, <coughs> we all have areas of our life that need changing. The difference between who you are and what you want to be is what you do. The difference between who you are and what you want to be is what you do. The difference between who you are and what you want to be is what you do. Next level thinking precedes next level living. You'll never change your level of living until you change your level of thinking. And that's true, but the problem with this particular generation more than any other generation is a fundamental addiction to whining and complaining and a congenital avoidance of taking action. They don't want to hear about taking action. And taking action in the face of failure and adversity and criticism takes willpower to not knuckle under. Like watching my, my granddaughters 
the last couple of weeks with their parents. I mean, you, who's going to win this battle of the wills? So let me say it this way. Next level action taking precedes next level living. You'll never change your level of living until you change your level of action taking. We now live in a country where young people whine and cry and complain, but refuse to lift a finger to make a better life for themselves. No, instead of taking action to make a better life for themselves, this generation wants to live in a perpetual state of adolescence and spend their time, their entire life, blaming others for their troubles or for their lack. Ours is a generation of do-nothings who want everything their parents have now without ever doing what their parents did to get what their parents accumulated over a lifetime. So it's true, next, next level action taking precedes next level living. You'll never change your level of living until you change your level of action taking. And that's true in every area. It's true in every area. It's true in every area. It's true in child rearing. I gotta pay more attention to it if I have young children in the home. I've gotta, I've gotta be a better parent. It's true with money. I've got to pay attention. I've got to be more diligent. I've got to be a better doer of the Word of God. That's true in marriage. I've got to be, I've got to be a doer of the Word of God with re regard to my wife. I've got to pay attention. This stuff's not just going to happen. The good stuff of life is not just going to happen. Next level habits. How about this? Next level habits precede next level living. You'll never change your level of living until you change your daily habits. I've got to change my habits. I got to change what I've been doing. I got to take action at a higher level. Robert Kiyosaki says the only difference between a rich person and a poor person is how they use their time. So your life will never change for the better unless you change what you do with your time. Your life will never change for the better until you change what you do with your time. People can change, but most people don't, and that's why they never go to another level. People can change but most don't. And that's why they don't go to another level. You change levels in life by changing your daily habits. Say it out loud. I change my level in life by changing my daily habits. So change your habits because if you want to change your life, you've got to begin by changing your habits. I said if you want to change your life, you've got to begin by changing your habits. What role does willpower play in our ability to handle failures? Great success depends on great risk and the inability to assess and accept risk is a direct result of low willpower. Every journey to success is accompanied by varying degrees of uncertainty. Every decision, including the decision to do nothing, carries the element of risk and failure is always an option. Conrad Hilton said, success seems to be connected with action. Successful people keep moving. They make mistakes, but they don't quit. See, if you're afraid of making a mistake, then your solution is to do nothing. <clears throat> if you do nothing, then you're going to stay where you are or you're going to go backwards. Every successful individual is someone who has failed many times in their journey. I couldn't count how many times I've failed. I, 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 I couldn't count how many mistakes I've made in investing. I mean, they would be countless. There's no point in trying to keep track of it. But all I know is learn and go back and do better. Learn and go back and do better. Learn from the mistakes. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Every successful individual is someone who has failed many times in their journey. The difference between many of us and the successful people around us is while they use their failures as stepping stones to achieve success later, many, too many, too many of God's people view failure as fate. Because again, they've not renewed their mind to what God's word says about his will for us. We can become so focused on avoiding failure that we do not aim for success, settling instead <coughs> for a life of mediocrity. Winston Churchill said, success is not final, failure is not fatal, it is the courage to continue that counts. Thomas Edison had 1,000 failures in his development of the light bulb. A reporter asked him, how did it feel to fail 1,000 times? Thomas Edison replied, I did not fail 1,000 times. The light bulb was an invention with 1,000 steps. What an incredible attitude. 
What would have happened if Thomas Edison had given up on the second attempt or the 999th attempt? Thomas Jefferson said nothing can stop the man with a right mental attitude from achieving his goal, and nothing on earth can help the man with the wrong mental attitude. How many times did you fail before you gave up? See, for the man or the woman of willpower, failure is not defeat. Failure is simply proof that you're pushing yourself to your limits. You attempted something. You tried something. You did something. All right, if it fails, learn and go back and learn from your mistakes and go again. You will never succeed if you do not have the willpower to handle your failures. It takes willpower to handle failures. Amen. Willpower helps us see failure in proper perspective. When we fail, we learn, we grow, and we mature. When we fail, we achieve new understandings and perspectives on business and relationships and life and love. Failure is a part of the genetic makeup of life. Failure is a part of the grand design of things here on earth. As long as we are on this earth, and as long as there is someone named Satan loose on this earth, we are going to experience some failures. Willpower helps us handle those failures and get up and go again. Without willpower, you play the victim in failure. That's what this generation is doing. They're playing the victim. Without willpower, you allow self-degrading thoughts to take hold. And without willpower, you can even let anger control you. With willpower, you take a deep breath and you get back in the game knowing that you are learning valuable lessons along the way, having great new experiences and living life to the fullest. Willpower helps us win our internal battles. And that's where most of the battles are. They're on the inside of us. What am I going to watch? What am I going to listen to? Who am I going to talk to? Who am I going to be friends with? These are the battles that make the man. Willpower helps us to say yes to the things that lead us closer to our goals. And we need to get, as the day approaches, as time is running short and as time is running out, we need to get more ruthless on time. Because Satan is a master at sending time wasters to us. If you don't enjoy it, I told my family, I told everybody that worked for me, I don't know how old I was, I said, look, I, I think I've earned it, I think I have deserve it, but I said, I'm crossing the bridge, and if I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. Man, life got better instantly. <laughs> Amen. I mean, how many conversations did you have in the last seven days that weren't productive? How much time did you spend listening to people that were nothing but a negative influence? We've, we've got to get more ruthless on this. Some people are just negative. They're just hardwired to be negative. And willpower is not answering the, not, not taking the call takes willpower yeah but I feel bad get over it amen. amen exercise some willpower amen I'm not doing that I'm not going there I'm not taking that call I'm not responding to that and when people do us wrong it takes willpower to not respond you know when they spit on you you want to spit on them it takes willpower to not respond. <laughs> to say, Lord, I am not going to defend myself. If you want me defended, then you're going to have to do it. That takes willpower. Willpower is the great force that makes the impossible possible. Vince Lombardi said the difference between a successful person and others is not a lack of strength, not a lack of knowledge, but rather a lack of will. And here are some final thoughts on willpower and success. There is a clear connection between success and willpower. And how much willpower each of us has is entirely up to us. It's like a muscle. If you exercise it, it gets stronger. If you don't exercise it, it atrophies. It gets weaker. We can focus on improving our willpower or we can flow with fate. 
It is only through willpower that your successes will come and your achievements will be made great. Sir Edmund Hillary, the first man to climb to the top of Mount Everest said, it's not the mountain we conquer, but ourselves. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. And my brothers in the Lord, that's what I want for you. I want you to prosper. I can't help myself. I love you. I want you to prosper. I want you to be in health. I want your families to prosper. I want your families to be in health. I will it as the leader here. But do you will it? I said, I will it as the leader here. But do you will it? Wilt thou be made whole? Wilt thou succeed? Wilt thou prosper? Gentlemen, it's up to you. Do you will it?